Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the balance. It is the full throttle showdown today. Boys and girls, we bring back NASCAR to the show. It is the most welcoming sight. Can I get an amen? Maybe next to the start of football, is there anything bigger or better than the start of NASCAR? And it's the clash tomorrow out of the down out in Southern California at the Coliseum. So exciting. Uh, so watch the kickoff for NASCAR. So we've got Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, and our official NASCAR contributor will be helping us break down what happened in the offseason of NASCAR and also help us uh, to bring us up to date what's going forward. Uh, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, is supposed to join us. Uh, he's not going to be able to do that today. So we'll continue on with our NASCAR conversation. And, by the way, next week is our yearly Super Bowl special. We're going to be doing nothing but talking about, unfortunately, talking about the uh, San Francisco 49ers and the uh, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. 
right, back, welcome back to the balance. 917-889-8516 is our digits. It is time to get on track. No pun intended. Joining us now is our Steve Wilson, our official uh, NASCAR contributor, editor-in-chief of, of SpeedwayDigest.com. Steve, how are you? Welcome back, sir. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Fantastic. We finally got a little sun. It, I kid you not. It's been about three weeks since we've seen any sunshine here in Indianapolis. So I'm excited to have uh, some sunshine uh, back. Did, what, did you do anything exciting in the off season here? No, I haven't done anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> so sometimes that's the uh, that's the most exciting uh, uh, times is when you don't do anything. I, I I know sometimes I look forward to what I call hibernation weekends, and this weekend very well might be pretty much close to that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the clash tomorrow out at the Coliseum, third straight year in a row. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing has 11 victories at the clash, but let's. Uh, Let's go. Uh, let's go through the uh, class. What is it? And help e- educate those that may not know what it is and why it's such a big deal. Yes, yeah, so, uh, a couple of years ago, NASCAR decided they were going to move the clash away from Daytona and move it over to uh, LA and build a little track inside the LA Memorial Coliseum. And tonight, we're going to have uh, five uh, heat races, last chance qualifiers, starting at. Uh, uh, 7.30 Eastern time, and tomorrow night we're going to have turning three of the those drivers that move on from these heat races and last chance qualifier going out there uh, to, to just have a little bit of fun and kick the season off and get us ready uh, for Daytona in a couple of weeks. Well, I tell you what, it's hard to believe that it's it's here again, and I'm, I'm super uh, excited about it. I'll, I'll certainly be watching the class. You know, the, the great thing about the class is that they treat it like a lot of fun. You know, they that's a big time. I don't know who who's performing there this year. You know? Uh yeah, no, not, I um, <laughs> is it machine gun I wanna say it's machine gun Kelly, I think. Uh last oh, okay. year is Wiz Khalifa. But I think it's oh, okay. machine gun Kelly this year. Nice. Well they always and certainly a lot of the celebrities that typically you don't associate uh with NASCAR certainly come out to the clash and uh, they'll officially jump behind the wheel for the first time in 2024 tomorrow. And, you know, like I said, like you said, it's the third straight year. Cup Series uh, begins its season uh, or exposition style, if you will. That's a bush-like clash. It's a Coliseum. That'll be on Fox and MRM as well in Los Angeles. Uh, tell us a little bit about the dynamics of the track. I mean, as we know, the Coliseum is very, very small. It's a football field. And uh, they typically, I mean, they, they race around it. And uh, there, is no, there is no real technical uh, pit stops or pit, pit roll as we know it at other tracks. Uh, talk with us about the breakdown, how they do that. How do they uh, logistically make all of that happen? Yeah, so uh, hey, there's, there's no, as you say, pit, pit stops or pit inside of the track itself. So there, there's just only a small contained area that – should you get into trouble, you're able to go and duck down into and basically end your day at that point. Um, it's a quarter-mile track r- around uh, the, the perimeter of the the infield and the football field there that they uh, specially designed with uh, multiple layers of, uh, of everything from wood planking to, to dirt to sawdust to everything underneath of it to protect the field, and then they put asphalt on top of that 
and then build this little quarter-mile track. Now, the garages are actually outside the L.A. Coliseum, essentially in the, in a parking lot. Uh, you, you get to work from a parking lot outside the L.A. Coliseum down the road, and they have to drive down the main road into the L.A. Coliseum from the pit to get into their uh, respective heat races or uh, when they exit out at the end of the night. Um, so it's kind of a little bit different for these guys where, uh, you know, they normally have a hauler or something that they're able to drive back to or work or work from or, you know, have supplies or, you know, crews that, you know, would be able to fix these cars up and they just don't have it. There, there's nowhere for them to put this stuff in the infield. So you're just kind of on your own once you, once you leave that parking spot, parking lot out there down the road in a parking lot. Um, you, you're on your own. You you do you have no resources at your uh, disposal other than a crew chief, maybe a couple of crew members down with a couple hand tools and a spotter, and that's kind of it. You're you're kind of you're kind of on your own. You're on a little island all by yourself. <laughs> well, it's going to be exciting to to watch that. I you know we root for mayhem around here from time to time, so we feel like there's going to be some mayhem down there, and hopefully it. It'll all work itself out. Martin Truex Jr. is now the Cup Series' oldest driver. A lot of speculation last year would be his last year uh, go-around. And certainly now that Kevin Harvick is retired, he is uh, the oldest driver. But Truex and Denny Hamlin, I should also say, are also uh, 43. Uh, this year, you think, is this going to be the last year for them? And let's talk a little bit about Denny Hamlin in his 2024 season. Um, do you think that he's getting to the point where he's going to be considered retirement as well? Yeah, you know, Denny has had, you know, one of those up and down type of careers. He's he's really kind of like our modern day Mark Martin in a lot of ways. He's been so close to winning the championship a couple of different times and he's been oh so close uh to to making it happen and it's just never being able to come together and he he now has expanded twenty three XI racing in the off season, building a brand new uh building for those guys over there. Uh, you know, there's some speculation that maybe in the future that they're going to look at a third car uh, at some point. And, you know, Denny, Denny is becoming more and more involved in that. And while, yes, there's a technical uh, alliance between them and Joe Gibbs Racing, and, you know, he, he can stay at Joe Gibbs as long as he wants to stay there. Um, you know, how long does he continue to do this? You know, I just don't know. I mean, you know, there's been – speculation every season that he has a bad season that it's going to be his last season or he's going to announce at the beginning of the next season that he's gone out of there and you know it's just not happened yet and it's you know hey people continue to ask him just like they asked Kevin Harvick just like they've continued to ask Martin Truex Jr. and Martin Truex Jr. has been on the cusp uh, of of retiring and and then coming back for for a short period of time you know it's you know, it's hard to tell what Denny wants to do at, at any mm-hmm. given time because he's he he feel like he, he feel like that he he wants to continue doing this until he wins that championship. But is he at a point where he's just unable to do so? I, I think you you know that's that balancing act that we're kind of at now. And you know whether he stays how much longer, I I just don't know. But I know you know with him expanding 23xi, he's brought Kurt Busch on as more of a full-time person over there to help run that organization mm-hmm. too. So, you know, he's brought a lot of people in to kind of help that organization so that it takes a little bit off of him and he's able to focus on his driving career. But 
you know, again, he he's you know there, there's a time limit for all of this, and we see this in every sport. And you know, Denny's getting to that kind of you know expiration date of you know when drivers are just no longer you know competitive. Well, I, I tell you what, it, Denny is uh, is competitive, and he can go out on his own on right. But it, you know, it, it, he's going to continue to get asked these questions. You know, the older he gets, the longer he stays in. He's going to continue to ask. Uh, talk these questions. Let's just go through some of the uh, teams and, and outlook in 2024 and what's happened in the in the offseason. Let's start with Joe Gibbs Racing since that's what we've already been at. Uh, certainly Joe Gibbs uh, Racing has uh, certainly had a great season last year overall as a team. What do we look for him to do here in 2024? What kind of what what changes were made or any changes if significant were made in 2023 offseason? Well, Joe goes racing. You, you know, Eric Almirola got out of the number ten car last year over at Stewart Haas Racing and said that he's going to retire to only immediately come back and say that he's going to run some races for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series. So, you know, he's another he's another one that we've kind of talked about for a couple of years that has been on the fence about whether he was going to retire. And he, he did retire at one point, then say he was going to come back for a year. Then he finally did retire and then immediately turned right back around, like I said, and he's now going to run for Joko's race in the Xfinity Series for a couple of races this year. So, uh, you know, that's an addition to them. You know, they, they've, uh, you know, continued to bolster that program over there and try and bring people in like they had Trevor Bain last year uh, and in the last couple of years. And, you know, as far as their Cup Series teams, they're they're pretty much solid. They, they've not really made a whole lot of change in the offseason between everybody over there. They've kind of kept everybody together. And uh, while there may be some crew changes here and there that we haven't heard about yet, it, it seems like they're pretty solid going into 2024 as far as their personnel. Richard Childress Racing, what kind of changes have we seen there over there at RCR and moving into 2024? Well, you know, Jesse Love, he, you know, he's come up to the Xfinity Series for them, too. This is this is somebody that has raced in the ARCA Series out in the West. He's raced, uh, you know, for, for quite some time and with Sheldon Creed leading out of there and uh, going uh, other places, it, it has now opened up an opportunity for for you know them to bring on somebody in their Xfinity Series teams. Kyle Busch and uh, Austin Austin Dillon are going to continue to come back. Um, you know they've got a few new sponsors that uh, that that Kyle Busch is working with this year. I think they're still working on a few that they hope to get back this year, but. You know, once again, you know, they're they're a pretty solid team this year. Uh, you know, really Xfinity is kind of for both Joe Gibbs Racing and, um, you know, and sorry, and uh, Rich Chodos at this point have been the biggest changes that there's really seen. Well, one of the big changes that we're going to see is on the uniform of Kyle Busch. He's now going to be wearing the zone, uh, which is a new sponsorship uh, with Richard Childers Racing uh, and uh, the, uh, the the premium nicotine pouches. Uh, they're new to the market, tobacco-free and smoke-free experience. Uh, I, I don't smoke. I don't use tobacco, but my thought, well, you know, I, I say, say that. I, I, love, I love a good cigar. So excluding a good cigar, I don't, I don't uh, partake in tobacco. But one would think tobacco would be the reason that you smoke. Or do. But anyway, I, I digress there, Steve. But uh, the Zone uh, sponsorship uh, problem, uh, looks to be a pretty promising sponsorship for RCR and, and Kyle Busch. 
Yeah, you know, the ITG brands, which bought out Winston a couple of years ago, has tried to find a way to penetrate back into this market since the master settlement agreement and, and tobacco was outlawed uh, from sponsorship in 2003. And, and they did so last year by doing a small uh, stake sponsorship at, at the All-Star Race in North Wilkesboro, in which they were uh, advertising in a 21 and older kind of space in which they're still allowed to do so. And since then, you know, they they, they felt like that they had a good marketing, uh, a marketability in this space still, uh, you know, somewhere that, you know, Winston is synonymous with NASCAR and ITG as, you know, a new owner of that brand. They're now looking for ways in which they can kind of bring some of that back into this market and, you know that that is a that is somewhere else that they they've kind of checked that box off where you know the the no tobacco kind of deal that they're that they're working on with these pouches is allowing them and granting them kind of some uh, gray areas and some abilities to be able to go in there and be able to uh, be able to to sponsor in NASCAR once again. Now, will we ever see Winston on a car again? No, we'll never see Winston on a car again unless the laws change. But they're, you know, ITG is still looking for ways that they can still participate in the sport in absence of that master settlement agreement, which kind of took uh, Winston out of the sport. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and walk down memory lane there. I tell you what, I remember as a kid, uh, you know, Winston and Marlboro and all of those were, were on there. So uh, interesting to see how, how that will turn out. Uh, Chase Elliott was voted the most popular driver for the sixth straight year last year, despite the fact that, you know, he got hurt and was suspended. Um, and then, of, of course, Alex Bowman is looking to bounce back after, after missing time last year uh, with a, a fractured vertebrae. Sorry. Uh, so, Chase and Alex Bowman, what are your thoughts on those two drivers going into 2024? Yeah, you know, they, they've got a – They've got to take some. They got to make some major changes as far as you know their their season last year. Um, you know the suspension and then you know they they being out because of breaking breaking the leg just did not to help Chase Elliott at all last year. And you know it kind of it kind of meandered its way through the rest of the season. And they that team was just never the same after all of those kind of incidents kind of happened back to back for them. So you know for them they need a major turnaround. I have no doubt that Hendrick Motorsports isn't, isn't going to do that for them. And, you know, Alex Bowman, you know, he, you know, there, there's been some speculation off and on that if he just doesn't get it together and he's just not competitive week in and week out, how long does Hendrick continue to keep him in that car? And and I think that's, you know, really indicative of the fact that you saw William Byron win six races last year um, throughout the season. Granted, he, he didn't go, he wasn't, you know, there for that championship, but, and didn't win the championship as one of the most dominant drivers that we had all year long. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, there, there's there's the William Byrons of the world that are winning six races in a year. And, and Alex Bowman just has kind of, um, you know, just not been competitive on the scale that we've seen, you know, even Chase Elliott in 2022 and, you know, prior prior to last year. I mean, you know, Chase has always been competitive, and he's always been out there being able to win races. And 
you know, again, the speculation is, is like, how long does Alex Bowman stay in that car if he's not winning races for them and he's not competitive week in and week out, regardless of the fact that Allah is on that car and they have a pretty strong ties to Alex Bowman. I, I, you know, Hendrick starts looking elsewhere at some point if he's just not the competitive driver and stays on par with, you know, his, uh, his counterparts over there and William Byron and Chase Elliott and others. Let's take a look at that Stuart Haas Racing. Josh Berry will now drive the SHR Stuart Haas Racing's number four Mustang after uh, Harvick's retirement. We all know Harvick's going to be in the broadcast booth uh, with Fox Sports. Also, let's welcome back Noah Gregson, uh, who was reinstated following an indefinite suspension. Um, and it's a sub, sub release, I'm sorry. I get, my words aren't coming together from Legacy Motorsport. Will now pilot the number 10 after Eric Alamo. Arlamola, I've always had a problem with that name. Uh, departure from full-time racing. Welcome back, Noah Grayson. I think it's good that they brought him back. I, I kind of didn't know when it would happen. I just kind of figured they would happen just because, I mean, you got the whole Kyle Larson story as as a, a precedent and a case study to show that, hey, people can turn around. And, and in my opinion, this is just an opinion, uh, Noah didn't do anything near as bad as Kyle Larson. But go ahead. What are your thoughts on Stuart Haas Racing? You know, Josh Berry is kind of a unique story. The guy that that worked full time in a bank and was i racing with, and, and before That's Dale perfect. Jr. Uh, kind of saw uh, kind of saw some of the the talent that he had out there and put him in a car or a late model car part time. You know, when he could afford to put him in a car here and there, and then moved him up into the Xfinity Series kind of in the same way when he could afford to put him in a car or had a sponsor that would be willing to back him before he was full time in the Xfinity Series for the last couple of years. And, you know, uh, Kevin Harvick, you know, was kind of the leader on this, on on seeing that talent over there and saying that, you know, Stuart Haas Racing, if they were going to replace him, then, you know, Josh Berry needs to be in that kind of consideration and kind of that conversation is who's going to be in that car going forward after he gets out. And, you know, Kevin Harvick, by, by, you know, being there for so long and being able to build that organization had enough you know, had enough clout over there and enough to to be able to, to draw the conversation and steer that conversation over to somebody that has shown a lot of talent and has shown that they have the ability to win. And he's done this last year. You know, this is, an, again, a short track guy that was working full-time in a bank that's been able to go out there and win on, uh, on all different styles of tracks, including road courses and others. In his, his, his Xfinity Series um, career, so you know, again, he he's getting that opportunity now to to come up and be there with with you know everybody else in the Cup Series. A little bit older than some of the others are. You know, they were traditionally make that uh, change over into the Cup Series, but you know, nonetheless, he he shows that he's competitive. And as far as Noah Gregson, you're right. He's he's getting that. He's still very marketable by a lot of different companies out there that still want to see him in a car, and and we're kind of perplexed about the whole. You know, uh, you know, indefinite suspension on, you know, liking a meme versus, you know, saying words, you know, and and, and they they kind of they kind of displayed, you know, that they were still willing to back him even when he was suspended. So, you know, yes, Wendy's has gone to another team this year, but that that and they've traditionally backed him, you know, over the last couple of years. But there's still a lot of teams. Uh, I mean, sorry, a lot of Fonzo and a lot of partners that are still lining up behind Noah Gregson in his return to the Cup Series. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I was always a big fan of Noah. I was really disappointed in the suspension. 
Uh, I understand that maybe there there should have been some sensitivity training and that sort of stuff should have happened. Uh, but nonetheless, we move on. He's back on the track and really excited to see. And hopefully, uh, he's he's been able to to stay in shape and you know work through uh, uh, racing simulators and stuff to stay uh, uh, race ready. Let's talk a little bit about some changes that happened in 2023 to 2024. NASCAR's change to the playoff could uh, make quite an impact on the regular season. For the first time, the Cup playoffs will feature two super speedway races, Atlanta and Talladega, and two road courses, Watkins Glen and the Charlotte Roval. Uh, they represent four of the six playoff races. That could after that could after who advances to the first round. Um, how does this affect the regular season, Stephen? And what are you what are you looking for out of this rule change? Chaos always tends to ensue on some of those <laughs> bigger tracks, and you know, uh, Talladega being one of those that NASCAR is kind of put either in the middle or right at the end of some of these play, uh, of some of these playoffs. And, and you know, really, you know, a lot of drivers have, <laughs> you know, they they go into this with 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 a lot of you know, reservation onto what you do or what you can't do in some of these, especially if you're right around those cut lines around, or even if you're needing that win, they're not traditionally said, you know, if you need to be the one that needs to get the win, you're, you've got a long day ahead of you at some of those places. And moving Atlanta down to one of those races is, uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot of competitive racing there since they've re- redone the track into a super speedway style race. And you know that's that's good for that track. It's kind of languished for so long out there on on racing. You know, for for SMI to make those changes and make really bold changes out there. You know, again, I think it remains to be seen about as far as that one is concerned because this is something kind of new for them um, when it comes to the playoffs. But you know, Talladega is just you know can continue to be that beast out there that everybody's going to kind of you know sweat a little bit when they get down to that point of the season. You know, we talk about is newer better, is better newer, what have you, uh, or will Chevrolet's version of the next-gen car still reign? Uh, the next-gen era, Chevrolet has won 37 of, of the 72-point races. Ford and Toyota have, have changes in their, in their cars this season, while Chevrolet remains the same. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this, on the uh, performance gains, if you will, in this next gen without really getting too technical about what's going on with it. You know, I think NASCAR has tried to level the playing field in a lot of ways. And, you know, when Ford came in initially with the next gen car, they found competitive advantages to them and they made them make changes to this, you know, but then, but then you, you're right. You then you see Chevrolet out there and I, you know, some of Chevrolet's the reason why they win so many of these races, because they have some more cars than everybody else in the field week week in and week out. So statistically, they they would they would be the the favorites week in and week out on a lot of these tracks. Now NASCAR has you know seen some of this competitive advantage, and then now and with uh, Ford, they're moving over to the dark horse Mustang this year, which has changed the front clip and a couple other of uh, the body elements or um, you know, between aerodynamics and, and you know some of the the changes that they've made that way, and then the Camry XSE, you know, with Toyota, they're 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 also going out there and they've made some changes to once again to their body clips and aerodynamic changes to that car. So you know, couple that along with the fact that NASCAR has also changed the uh, has changed the short track package once again. They've they've changed the rear spoiler on the car. 
uh, added an additional inch to that. They've changed some of the underbody elements on the car uh, for these short tracks to see if they can make them more competitive. They, they've ran uh, two different, several different tests, one at Richmond, one at Phoenix. Uh, the Richmond test really didn't seem to come up with a whole lot. They went out to Phoenix for a couple of days, and they tried some changes out there. They They've implemented a couple of those changes, and then we're gonna we're not gonna be able to, we're not gonna see it at the clash. This, this isn't something that they're gonna debut at the clash. Mm-hmm. When NASCAR does come back to Phoenix in spring um, after Daytona and Atlanta, then then that will be the first opportunity that we will see these changes to that short track package out there and see if it really does fix some of the racing out there because in all honesty, if you go back and you look at a lot of these things races over the last couple of years, especially the championship race, it is really a lot of top of the leader racing. There's really not a whole lot of passing per se, especially for the lead and especially for the championship winner. Um, you know, as long as you're able to clear the field by the first turn, you're pretty much set and good to go unless you have some kind of, you know, tire issue or hit the wall, obviously. Uh, get tangled up in somebody else's mess, but you know, again, it, it, you know, these are these are things that NASCAR is trying to change. And for the long term, if if NASCAR is going to continue to have the Phoenix race be the championship at the end of the season, they need to make these changes now because of the fact that we we've just seen that lackluster, um, you know, championship kind of race that that everybody wants to see. Well, I know it's going to be really, really exciting. I know, I know a lot of uh, a lot of the racers have, have been uh, vocal about the the new short track package, but really would be interesting to to see what that says. Uh, we only got you for just a few more moments here, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Trackhouse Racing. Uh, this is perhaps the one of the most fascinating organizations in the garage area in the Cup Series. I love the Trackhouse Racing. I'm a personal fan of them. I love them. Justin Marks has done a great job with that team. What's he done in 2023? What's he doing in 2024? What can we expect uh, from uh, 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 Trackhouse Racing? Well, Trackhouse Racing has made a bunch of changes in the offseason. Now that Kevin Harvick has left the sport, Bush has come over there and will be on the number one car throughout the season for Ross Chastain. That's one of the biggest changes that you're going to see over there for them, getting a major sponsor that's going to be on that car for, for a good majority of the season. On top of that, you know, they're they're going to bring back uh, SVG this year. They get, they've got some races planned for him. They're going to also use Colleague Racing, too, to put him in a car through some of the races this year um, between Cup and Xfinity. And um, also, you know, they're just making all kinds of, you know, alliances over there. Um, Zane Smith, who is a previous Truck Series champion, um, has had a long-standing contract going all the way back to Chip Ganassi days when he was signed as a developmental driver for Chip Ganassi. And Justin Marks found this out and decided that they were going to find a way to bring um, him from the truck series over there. Now, they've created an alliance with uh, Spire Motorsports for, for um, Zane Smith to be in the Cup Series this year. So, you know, they, they're they they're making all kinds of moves over there between bringing drivers from across the world and going back and looking at old developmental contracts that, that are still valid and still good and bringing and, – and, and then, you know, going out there to these different teams like Colleague Inspire to to make this happen for some of these drivers. So what's going to happen here real quickly here? Um, yeah, well, I saw the uh, Sports Business Journal on Thursday or Friday said that the cup teams are unanimously agreed to let the charter negotiation expire without further extension. The charter agreement between NASCAR – 
ends after the 2024 season. Uh, while there were, were plenty of uh, space, time to deal place, uh, it could go a few months before resolution and it could curb any potential moves by drivers, teams and, teams and drivers and could wait to see what the next agreement looks like and how much money that goes into that team. Um, should we read anything into those tea leaves of, of the of the Cups series unanimously agreeing to let the starter negotiation expire without further extension? I mean, you know, me me from a personal opinion side, you know, I, I don't think, you know, the charters, you know, have added much value to, to the teams or, you know, to the sport as, as a whole. I mean, while it has added value to the teams and the fact that they can sell this thing, uh, you know, just like a franchise or just like a team, you know, in baseball or football or something else. And, I mean, we've seen some pretty big numbers as far as that is concerned. Outside of that, I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of a way that the charters have bettered the sport as a whole, other than locking the same 36 drivers in week in and week out, and really locking people out of the out of the sport that may want to compete. And you know, without that charter, you know, there's just no money into this. You know, they they're kind of essentially locked out for for pennies on the dollar. And you know, that that's not a sustainable program for teams that want to come in and race. And, and, you know, racing is a whole lot different than baseball. And we understand that, you know, nobody's going to build a baseball team overnight and say, I'm going to compete in 2024. You know, they, they, it just doesn't happen. You know, it's a, it's a whole different dynamic around that versus racing, which is naturally about people building cars, showing up at the racetrack, being the fastest one out there, and, and going out there and competing. Now, whether you win or lose, you know, that that's on you. You know, your, your destiny is kind of in your hands when it comes to racing in a lot of ways. But you know, you know, even if these things you know expire, I mean, there's really nowhere for these teams to go because there is no other there is no other series out there. I mean, yes, we could go back to an IRL cart type situation, but the problem is 50% of the tracks that they run on are going to be run on on you know by a company that is probably going to lock them out and not allow them to to be a part of this. And does the other company that is the other major stakeholder in the tracks? Um, do they let them come there? Because I mean, you know, the the tracks, the tracks know that with this new TV program, what they're going to get. Will a new series be able to attract that billions and billions of dollar figure that that you know could potentially lure tracks away from the current contract that they're going to get? And, and that's probably going to be a no. So these teams are kind of you know between a rock and a hard spot. They have nowhere to go, but at the same time. You know, you're going to have to give a little bit, you know, if you want to continue with this whole, uh, sell, uh, you know, selling of charters when you're done racing type deal. We've been talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. Check him out. Everything NASCAR, your most, uh, foremost authority on NASCAR. Joins us every year, and uh, we're looking forward to another season of NASCAR coverage and teaming up uh, with Speedway Digest. You know, there was talk about uh, the race, uh, Steve, in Montreal this season. It didn't happen. My question is, what about 2025? We've been talking about the clash today since it's tomorrow. Where where will it be? That this is the final year for the current three-year deal uh, to run inside the Los Angeles, California, uh, Los Angeles Coliseum. Sorry, uh, will the California Speedway truly be turned into a short track, or the rest of the land be sold? Is there an, another venue, the series uh, for next year, with the beginning of a uh, uh, new media deals and rights? So, what what about the clash next year? Do we do we have any insight as to what's going to happen with that? 
So the bank candidate has been on record over the last couple of days of saying that they've looked at uh, several dozen different facilities in the Southern California region, which they continue to say that they need to be there, um, you know, for in that market and race in that market. Um, so they said that they've looked at a couple of, a couple of facilities out there. Nothing has really piqued their interest as to exactly what they do. They want to go there in 2025 and go there and beyond. Um, you know, whether they renew the deal for the L.A. Coliseum, uh, there wasn't really a tip-off as to whether they would or not. However, they also said that the L.A. Coliseum yeah, – I'm sorry, no, that the clash, that they have looked at places like Mexico City, and they've looked at Canada, and they've looked at a couple different other places to take this race to. Um, you know, so, so there are some options there as far as uh, Auto Club Speedway, California Speedway these days. You know, the demolition work is all done out there. What's left is just a very small sliver of the front stretch and some some interior buildings like the garages and a few other buildings like that left there. You know, in all honesty, you know, uh, the the president of uh, California Speedway, which is now the regional director for all of their tracks out on that, that side of the country, has said that, you know, don't look for it next year. And in my opinion... I don't think that they ever honestly ever go back there. I think the land at this point is too valuable for them to continue to, to stay in that area and that they sell the, the remaining, remaining sliver of this land off because, you know, they, they've not only gotten rid of two-thirds, maybe even more of the racetrack and sold that off, they sold off parking lots, they sold off other buildings, they've sold off, you know, a vast majority of that facility to be able to continue to hold racing, and eventually they're all going to be um, – they're all going to be warehouses out there, so there's not going to be places to to um, park people. There's not going to be camping out there. There's not going to be uh, facility buildings that they need out there. This this is all just you know a, a bare lot until they start building these these um, warehouses out there. So I know NASCAR you know continues to be in a position where they feel like that they want to be able to do something they know is not going to happen this year. They know they're not going to be back in 2025 in uh, that area, or at least in that that speedway under the proposed configuration. But even going beyond 2025 into 26, 27, and beyond, I just don't see you know as valuable as the land is in that area that NASCAR continues to operate right there. That you know they continue to. I think they sell this land off, and at least in my opinion, they sell it off, and they use that money to continue coming back into temporary facilities in that market. Well, we didn't get a chance to dive into the Xfinity Series. We'll be doing that in, in future shows. The Clash is tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern. I believe it's on Fox. Uh, Steve, where can people find your work at Masterpieces? What are you all working on this week, sir? Hey, you can find us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. Working on the Clash this weekend and then preparing to gear up for Daytona and Speed Weeks in a week and a half. Woohoo! Let's bring it, buddy. Let's bring it. All right, Steve, have yourself a good, safe weekend, and we'll talk with you soon, buddy. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks. Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, great friend of the show for a good number of years now. Love having him on, love teaming up with him uh, for our NASCAR and uh, racing coverage as as well. My name is Tom Marcos, El Presidente. We were supposed to have Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast on in the fan place. He has got some issues with his throat, and he's got to do a play-by-play later on today. So we, we, we gave him the pass for this weekend. But we'll be back. Got a little bit more to touch on when it comes to NASCAR, and uh, we'll, we'll t- kind of give you a preview of what's coming up next Sunday. Sunday for the um, annual Super Bowl special. 
We're going to be talking nothing but uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and and uh, uh, Mr. Revelant quarterback, right? Be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Stick around. It's about to get better. Once you're out, you ain't coming back. Velvet rope ain't got no slack. Man, they're busting down the door. And it's, hey, now, here we go, DJ. Don't play nothing wrong. Keep those girls out on the floor. Gotta make them want to come back for more. Then, hey, since the sun went down, be there when it comes back around. First all week, it's time to play. Gonna get a little bit National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. 
You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me. Mandy Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? Is this any way to treat an intimate friend? And if this was the theme... All right, welcome back to The Balance. What I saw, Mark Wassell, Presidente. Thank you, Mr. Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, your foremost authority on everything NASCAR uh, and our official NASCAR contributor for helping us break down what's happened, what has happened in the offseason. We've had a lot of happen in the offseason, uh, some, some changes. One of the biggest changes is welcome back, Noah Gregson, uh, to the NASCAR fold, going to be racing for Tony Stewart uh, Racing. Uh, so uh, after Josh Berry is, is making a change, and of course uh, Kevin Harvick uh, retired. Uh, so interesting to see those changes. I, I really am a fan of Noah Gregson. Like I, like I mentioned, I, I, I feel like uh, he got hit a little bit harder. I understand that what he did uh, certainly me, he liked to me it's a long time, uh, but it happened just such a long time ago before any of this uh, issues. Um, became an issue so i felt like you know they came down a little hard on him but it is what it is uh he did a suspension and i'm looking forward to seeing what he could do in uh the racetrack and certainly uh when it's the conversations around uh you know what's with the charter expiring what's going on with the, some of the races in 2025 where were the where were the uh clash weeks so we talked about uh, all of that i appreciate you listening to us if you are listening to us on the podcast like i know many of you are Go ahead and hit that like button so we know how awesome you are. And we already know how awesome we are. And then the great thing about it is uh, our show, our live show, what we're doing right now here high up the Balance Studios uh, in the west suburbs of, of Indianapolis, um, uh, you know, we're, we're live. We're live now. Thanks to our, our facilitator, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, but uh, the, the podcast is dropped immediately afterwards, and you can hear it within a, a few minutes. Uh, and you'll get a notification say, hey, your your favorite podcast just dropped a new episode. You better go listen to it. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you doing that. So when you hit that like button, that's what that does for you, whether it be on, on Stitcher or, or Apple or wherever you get your 
the podcast platform and it's, it expands every day. Really, if you can if you can get a podcast, you can get us, and uh, we appreciate it. Follow us on the world of X, uh, formerly known as Twitter at T Balance, and on Facebook, just search the Balance, and you'll find us right there. We've been talking about the clash tomorrow, the official start of NASCAR. Uh, so uh, we had a little taste of racing last week. Uh, with the De- Daytona Rolex 24, with uh, with the IMSA racing there, turned out to a popularity, and it's gaining a lot of popularity. You know, those are high performance uh, sports cars and big manufacturers and big money, uh, so they're certainly gaining a lot in popularity. And well, maybe we'll, we'll we'll spend a little bit more time this year in, in covering the IMSA races. But uh, NASCAR is back in, and it's just a matter of time until we, we're. We're back into IndyCar. I mean, I think the world is going to turn out to be a better place after all. <laughs> we'll see what happens next week. Hey, did you guys see the story? I found it kind of bizarre in, in a weird sort of way. Chip Canassi, he apologized after killing the puppy of driver Devon De Francisco. Certainly, we know him well from the Indianapolis 500. Uh, it was a tragic, tragic accident. Iconic race car owner Chip Canassi has apologized. After he ran over and killed a, a driver's golden retriever puppy last week at last weekend's Rolex 24 in Daytona, and as he did, described the death of Delvin Delvin Del Francisco's dog Lucky as not so fortunate. This is not so lucky after all. Sorry, sorry. I know too soon. I should have for the door opened up. Okay, I had to go through it, but no, really, that, that didn't. I honestly, I didn't have that that dad joke. Uh, uh, Free line, and, and that wasn't the whole reason I was telling you this story. But yeah, I mean, I'm a dog owner. I have two dogs. I love them to death. I wouldn't want anything to happen to, to them. But yeah, so it was an unfortunate, and uh, he apologized to the Dan Fresco family after a heartbreaking incident at, a, at the motorhome lot at the Daytona International Speedway. Uh, he also vowed to make a sizable donation uh, to the Humane Society of Indianapolis. Uh, Canassi has said he, he stopped. He's Stopped his vehicle after accidentally hitting the dog, and then spoke to the police about the incident. The accident uh, the other night with Del Delvin Delvin Del Francisco's dog was so unfortunate. He wrote on X, "I got a feeling, I just got a feeling that somebody's going to get a new golden retriever puppy coming up soon." Just a thought there. Hey, uh, it's a sad story. Sad story. But I saw that and I thought, man, that is wild. You know, so. Yeah, I, I, I know what it would be like to to lose a dog uh, to something like that. Um, so, yeah, hats off, farts off uh, to to them. So next week, you know, uh, we are going to be having our annual Super Bowl special. It's exciting. We do it every year. We do nothing but talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to have a jam-packed full of guests. We always do, and it's two hours. It goes by so fast. You know why? Why not start your Super Bowl Sunday with us? I mean, there's all all the other stuff I know is going to be going on, and you know you've got the Puppy Bowl, big tradition at our house here. Uh, you got the Puppy Bowl, and uh, of course you got all of the uh, uh, all of the uh, pregame festivities that'll be going on. Of course, those are all important. Start your day right here on the balance, and uh, well, let's uh, let's 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 talk about the Super Bowl. 
we've got the 49ers and we got the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, are we excited about this? I mean, I, I, I think there's more news around Taylor Swift. No matter who wins, whether it be the 49ers or, or uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, at least we'll get a break from Taylor Swift. <laughs> maybe maybe the Chiefs need to bring out Devontae Smith. <laughs> oh, Ed said that to me the other day, and I thought that was hilarious. Uh, for you people that still need a Swifty part in that. Well, there's rumors. There's rumors that say that, that uh, if uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win a Super Bowl, that both both Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are going to be getting sizable rings. Are they getting married? Can the world handle that? <laughs> you know, we liken this to like, uh, oh, uh, when Jennifer Lopez and, and uh, Matthew was it Matthew Damon? I don't know. It was a big uh, a, a big thing, and everybody was talking about it. You know, I, I people can date whoever they want to date. But I mean, I, I saw this week, and I, I think we tweeted it out this week that Taylor Swift has generated about three hundred and thirty million dollars for the Chiefs in the NFL through through uh, uh, swag gears or you know the jerseys and the hats and all that. But uh, just you know, pure uh, mentions and, and stuff by the media is is has been worth about three hundred and thirty million dollars well i don't know i you know we probably will talk about taylor swift next week because i mean it's been the story right <laughs> I, I think one of our biggest things is is her actually getting to the super bowl because she's like has a um concert tour going on in tokyo uh so you know i'm sure she can find a way Sure, she's got a, a private plane. She'll be there. I'm, I'm sure she'll be there. <laughs> oh, but it's the 49ers. It's the Chiefs, and we're going to be breaking that down. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, everybody so much wants to use that the the D word, the dynasty. You know, the dynasty is back. The dynasty is now the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody wants to use that word so bad. You know, let's let's stop using the word dynasty. Let's stop using these trick words or whatever that all your major talking heads use. You know, um, uh, winners and losers, dozers and snoozers. You know, all of that stuff. Let's just, you know, here's the thing: Tom Brady's retired. He'll go into the Hall of Fame, first round bout. Peyton Manning, obviously gone. Those are the greatest quarterbacks. Yes, we need a good quarterback. Let's not using the word game manager, too. I mean, to describe the quarterback situation. They're a quarterback. That's what they do. That's what they get paid to do. I think we're, we're way premature to start using the word dynasty. We so much want to latch that on to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Chiefs hater at all. In fact, for years, the Kansas City Chiefs, has been one of my second favorite teams. Um, my future son-in-law is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. They, my daughter and grandson, they live in Missouri. They live in Chiefs land. I like the Chiefs. I like to see them succeed. I don't like all the tag-alongs that come with it. 
you know, and let's let's let them win. Let's let them enjoy the time that they're winning. Uh, but at the same time, if the 49ers pull off a win, which I think they can, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. That's that's who you know in my house here. We're going to be we're going to be saying go Chiefs. But I mean, if the 49ers beat the Chiefs at this at that point, I think that's just going to muzzle the whole conversation about dynasty. At that point, it ends at that point right there. You know, San Francisco 49ers led by Brock Purdy. Yeah. Uh, Purdy. Yeah. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, last year, he was uh, called Mr. Irrelevant. That he really didn't matter. Now look at him now. It's pretty relevant. Say what was irrelevant was being down uh, to the Lions and uh, being able to come back in the half and just totally embarrass the Lions. It was an embarrassment for the Lions. I feel bad for the Lions fan. A good friend of our show, and you guys know him, Rick Rickin, is a big Lions fan. And, and, you know, he told me early on, they're going to find a way to screw this up. The Lions are going to find a way. To... Well, I feel bad for the, the Lions fans. Um, it certainly was rooting for them. I had my mind made up if they if they won the, the NFC championship game, I was going to get me a Lions hat. But uh, they, they didn't. it they didn't happen. Remember back when the Cubs uh, went to the World Series? I was happy for the fan base. I'm a Cardinal guy through and through, but I was happy for I was happy for the uh, Cardinal fan base. I mean, the Cubs fan base did, didn't get to the World Series, so I was liking that at all. So as we know, Brock Purdy will, will face off against Patrick Mahomes. We'll have an in-depth conversation um, in our Super Bowl special next week. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are aiming to win back-to-back. Uh, Super Bowl titles for the first time since the New England Patriots achieved defeat. So, yes, we'll have the New England Patriot conversation. Yes, we'll probably throw that D word around. I'm just saying it's a Leo premature to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, really, uh, Patrick Mahomes did not have his best regular season in 2023. But has been performing well in the postseason. That's what he does. That's what he does well. He's never, ever had a losing postseason in his entire career in the NFL. Granted, less that's less than 10 years, but still, he's, he's completed 70% of his passes. I mean, he's got he's got the other half, uh, the other Kelsey now. I mean, my God, uh, the, the Kelsey brothers are probably one of the best ever played the game. You know, he, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey tied in, and uh, his his brother uh, is uh, you know probably one of the best centers uh, that that's ever played the game. We'll be here next week talking about. Uh, the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be talking about the betting lines. We'll be doing some betting online. I'm actually going to put some money on it. Uh, probably about 100 bucks. I do that every year. And then I put some money on the Indy 500. Now, I do bet, but, you know, I'm a high roller, $5 here, $10 there. I'll, I'll do a little bit on the Clash tomorrow. You know, I'll do some college basketball and stuff, so a little bit of NBA, uh, which the NBA uh, All-Stars are coming up here this in, the, in, the, in two weeks here in Indianapolis. Excited to see that work downtown. Not really excited for the craziness, but I, I think it's mostly the weekend. And I usually work home on Friday, so I'm good. I'll stay here in the suburbs of uh, of Indianapolis, the west suburbs of, of Indianapolis, and and uh, <laughs> I'll enjoy it from afar. Unless you know, our our company does have sweet tickets. Unless I somehow win something from the company, I I'm I'm going to stay the hell away from that on Indianapolis and during the during the All-Stars, but it's exciting. I mean, it's going to be a huge economic impact to the city. Uh, it's very, very uh, exciting, and I, 
I'm, I'm looking uh, forward to uh, being here in the city and what it's, what it's going to do uh, for the city. Remember to follow us on the X uh, at T-Balance and on Facebook as well. Uh, the Balance. And, and again, podcast. Check out our podcast wherever you uh, find your podcast. Make sure you hit, hit it. Thank you. Uh, hit like on there. Uh, thank you, Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, has been for years helping us break down the clash and what was going on in the offseason. And, uh, you know, uh, Tony couldn't be with us today, but he'll be with us uh, uh, soon. I, I believe he'll probably uh, be with us tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow. Next week. My 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 brain, my brain is 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 uh, going sideways, right? <laughs> it's the clash. It's the it's it's the return of NASCAR. That's what that's what what that's what's got it going on. <laughs> my name's Tom Marquis, Al Presidente. I'm out of here, deuces. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Let's go racing, y'all. TV after his high school graduation, three solid months of ESPN. Till his daddy told him, son, that's the end of your vacation. Go get a job, or we're going to charge you rent. So Russell got a job, got fired that same day. A cashier he wasn't meant to see. Well, he went back to the couch, turned on the race, and he said, Hot damn, now there's the job for me. So Russell got a loan and went to NASCAR school. Where the future NASCAR drivers learn the one big NASCAR rule. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. This ain't rocket science. You can learn it in one day. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. It's just like brain surgery if you take the brain away. Go straight.